0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647-US12-WEST in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Josh mentioned being our Christmas service. I just, I, I don't know, it's going to be fun. We're going to do this thing, it's called the Instant Christmas Program. You're gonna like it. I, I guarantee. If you don't after the service, you can come get your money back right away. Uh, if you'll see Dave Frenzy, uh, he will take he will take care of re- refunding anybody's money. But we're gonna have a great great time worshiping the Lord together and kind of celebrating Christmas. Then we'll go over and have a meal as a church. And then also next Sunday, I did want to mention we're gonna have our funer- funeral service here or a, mem- a celebration of life. I think is what family would like us to call for Janet. And I do need to mention that because a lot of the people that usually help out in serving at funerals are very close friends to Janet. So I didn't want, I wanted to relieve them if I could. So if you're in a situation where you could help us out next Sunday afternoon, uh, just being here maybe to oversee some things as far as that funeral meal goes, that'd be great. The funeral's at 2, so it'd be r- roughly around 2.30 or 2.45 that we'd head over there. I did want to mention that if you could let us know if that's something you could help us with. Okay? All right, you ready? All right, we, uh, I, I need to start. We're going to get into the Prince of Peace thing here some more, but I need to start with a little caution or maybe a caveat I'm not sure what that word means. Let me know if I use it right later. Uh, But a little caution here, because we are going to very much, uh, okay, I often like to start off by saying, or I often like to repeat this idea, I don't want church to be just a place where you come and you find out some things to work on. You know, here's a list of things to do. Now go work on them. And if you do well enough, you'll make God happy with you, and you'll please Him, and then you get to go to heaven. I don't want to communicate that message at all, because that is anti-Bible completely. The Bible tells us quite the opposite as far as as uh, we cannot earn favor with God through our works. Okay? Our favor with God was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the end of the story. Two weeks ago when we started talking about peace, we talked about the peace of God that is through His blood, through His death. That's how I have peace with God. I don't ever want you to come here and think, well, if I behave better, you know, that's good enough. Our peace with God, our eternal life is completely dependent upon not our good works but on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I want to make sure I say that because today's, well, wait a minute. Then last week we got into, okay, the peace of God. Then it is, uh, how can that be part of our lives? Well, we have God, uh, Jesus, the Prince of Peace in us, the Bible says when we trust Him, and we are in Him so therefore we can know that peace and we can be learning to cast our cares upon Him and our anxiety and we can experience that peace of God. So we can know peace with God. We can have the peace of God in our life, today we're going to bring this over and talk about peace with other people. Okay? And what God gives us there is a bunch of principles of wisdom so that we can behave ourselves in the right way and have peace with other people. So you understand, today is going to be a little bit of a to-do list. Okay? Here's some things that uh, we can all work on. So one thing you need to do, put your elbows away. No elbow on the person beside you. Hey, you need this. Uh, we're going to look at passage in James and we're going to see six different things that will lead, they're their principles of wisdom that lead to peace. Uh, as I looked at the list, you know, I took a beating on uh, one or two or three or four. Okay, five of them I'm pretty bad at. Uh, so I, I don't want you to be looking at who else needs this sermon. I want you to be thinking about how God would use it in your life. In fact, what I want you to do is think about having a toolbox. Now, I don't have a toolbox. I don't want a toolbox. This is my toolbox. I have these things. Is he in here now or is he out in the hallway? locks. that what those are? I was going to ask him. I know these are a plumber's best friend. I got my hammer in here. I got a few things. Most people have a normal toolbox. I like I said, I don't. I actually saw John Miscavich was in here working on something yesterday, and he had one, and I thought, I should borrow his toolbox so I don't look like a Yahoo. But um, now nah, I'll just go ahead and look like a uh, yacht. This is my toolbox that I have. I want you to think about the idea of what tools does God want to give you to put in your toolbox. Okay, Christmas is coming, it is the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. All that stuff is going to go on. But there's also lots of opportunities for, we'll say, less than peaceful relationships. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of the wisdom that God gives us to navigate relationships and bring peace in those uh, relationships. You got it? Okay, so our text is in James chapter 3, and uh, we're going to read these uh, five or six verses here. And it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Be of good conduct, and let him show his works in meekness and wisdom. <laughs> but if there's bitter jealousy selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be uh, and be false to the truth this is not the wisdom that comes uh, down from above it's earthly it's unspiritual it's demonic Okay, you want to behave like the devil? Uh, Here's what you you can do here. Now, we're actually not going to dig into this part. I'm going to get to the second part in a minute that we are going to dig into. But very simply, James summarizes the opposite of wise behavior, the opposite of behavior that leads to peace is selfish. Selfishness, okay? It's it's all about me. Bitter jealousy, selfish ambition. It's all about me. That's the behavior that is going to lead to all types of... uh, disorder, if you will. In fact, I think it even says it's there for where there is jealousy, selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vow practice. Okay, that's where that is. But, but here's the wisdom that comes from God, is first of all pure, and then is peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So these principles of wisdom is are what are going to bring peace into our lives. And I want to encourage you, maybe even you know, right now, just in your heart, say, Lord, what would you have me to take away from this? We're going to talk about six different things. I don't know if you want to try to tackle all six, but it might be real wise to say, God, is there something you want to put in my toolbox here, one of these things to, to help me now navigate the relationships in my life. Now, so what we'll do is go back to verse 17, I think it is. I don't know who wrote seven up there, but it's probably going to say that the whole time, because whoever did it probably made the same mistake over and over again. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Okay, now when you hear the word pure, uh, our minds usually go towards like sexual purity or, or whatever like that. In this uh, context. It is, it is talking about in relationships and the wisdom that, that we have. This purity is talking about kind of an integrity. In fact, the uh, w- book of wisdom tells us that he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Okay, we, we've probably heard the idea that relationships are based on trust. Trust is based on truth. So that is the first idea that I want to talk about is just having the idea of integrity in relationships, having honesty. It's kind of sad that sometimes relationships are built on anything but truth, or I shouldn't say it like that, they start with anything but truth. I play a little game sometimes when my wife and I are out on a date uh, in a restaurant, and the game is, I look at the other couples, and the game is, are they first date, are they uh, dating, or are they married? okay? The first date, you look over there, and everything the guy says is funny, (laughs) Uh, like like that. And they're, you know, they're at first date, and they're trying to impress each other, and they talk real loud, Uh, which I like, because I like to hear what they're saying. Uh, But, but, uh, you know, they talk real loud because they're nervous, and the first date's going on like like that. Uh, Then there is dating. Well, we and I were on vacation this year out at by, uh, actually we were out by the Grand Canyon. We were in a restaurant for breakfast. There was a couple that sat there the entire breakfast holding hands across the table. I didn't notice. She pointed it out to me. Uh, but uh, but she, uh, but I, uh, and, and this is going to sound terrible. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But they weren't married. <laughs> or they haven't been married that long. Let's put it like that. And then I know it's terrible what I'm saying. But then you see the married couple, you know, he's looking over the TV screen. And, oh, touchdown. And uh, she's on the phone talking to so-and-so. Yeah. You know, too often it, it is like that. But, you know, on our first date, we are on our best behavior. We're, we're our Facebook persona. We're our social media media persona you know we're on our best behavior and you do sometimes you don't really start with a foundation if you will of the real truth i went to a uh or we went to a incredibly strict bible college i've mentioned that before where when you went out in public you had to have your best show face on all the time and we talked about this before they have an incredibly poor uh, marriage success rate because I think a lot of the couples got together, they didn't really even know the other person because the other person had to follow all these rules on be on, be on great behavior. Fortunately, my wife didn't follow the rules, so we're good. Uh, no, I'm just, not, not. That's actually some true, isn't it? Uh, but but uh, I got to know the real her, uh, and that was good. But now, I, I actually, I'm not going to go into you know, like specific detail here as far as okay, the time I lied to my wife because this is actually too serious. It's too big of a deal. This is the foundational. This is the base. This is where we start. You know, first of all, we've got this uh, above all, first of all, make it pure. This is where the foundation has to be. In fact, I want to throw another caution in there. If in a relationship, whether it is marriage or or any relationship, any friendship, any family relationship like that, where there has been dishonesty, I want to caution you to be careful. In other words, sometimes you're going to feel great about confessing something, but you want to be careful that you don't blow somebody else out of the water and hurt them. You want to be careful. So if that is a situation where you're like, hey, Step one, I've got some lies i got to deal with. I would ask or encourage you to seek some counsel maybe on that. I don't, don't hide it. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying just be careful that you don't, you know, hey, let me tell you some things. After that sermon, here's some lies. You know, I have another wife in Chicago. You know, that type of thing is probably not the best thing just to spill uh, out like that. Okay, so we're we're number two, peaceable. Okay? Word number two is peaceable. When I dig into this word, the idea behind this being peaceable is that it is um, not antagonistic. Okay? You promote peace. You do not antagonize. The scripture, again, in the book of wisdom tells us that it is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, stay away from fighting. But every fool will be quarreling. Okay? This is the relative that has to Poke, okay. Some of you just came out of Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about. I I was talking to somebody this week. They said, "My son, he has to stir up things up all the time with his sister." You know, uh, they have to poke all the time. They they have to do this. Okay. Well, he says we're we're not doing this, but instead, uh, James writes, and he said, "We are peaceable." Okay, we are seeking peace. Uh, Since I was. Thinking about the idea of a toolbox in, in studying, somebody uh, mentioned three tools that lead to antagonize, antagonism. I figured I should work this in here. Uh, and this is actually where I take a beating on, on these a little bit here. But three things that uh, can, can be the tools of an antagonist one is comparison statements like, You're acting just like your mother. Okay? Uh, if I ever say, You're acting just like my mother. We're headed for counseling. Okay. Uh, But sometimes I'm not, you know, real careful about that. You're acting just like your mother. Why can't you be more like so-and-so? Why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be more like your sister? This language needs out. Okay. That is a tool you want to get out of the box. Okay. I don't want to use that at all condemnation is really more, it, it's not, doesn't mean confronting somebody in love when they do wrong. It means nagging them over and over again. Let me tell you what you did wrong. Let me tell you what you did wrong. Let me tell you what you did wrong. You know, the Bible talks about if you have a wife like that, it's like a constant dripping. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to look at you when I said that. Uh, but <laughs> the, but, uh, the, uh, but it, the Bible talks about that, that idea that, you know, this, you know let's stay away from that. That's, the, that's not going to help anything. Third thing, contradiction. This is the idea... That Boy this one I really didn't take a beating on. this is the idea of having contradicting the other person all the time you know they're talking and you have to correct them. Well, yeah, some of you are like, yeah, yeah, I got that one I mean and pray for me, i don't know how I live with things like this. Francis has a tendency to say Myers instead of Meyer, yeah, it's just and missions instead of mission barbecue and Illinois instead of Illinois. Uh, and, uh, you know, different things. And then, then also, you know, if you give somebody a dirty look, uh, she calls that a snake eye. I'm like, no, that's a stink eye. Uh, and, um, and she could amen this over and over and over again, I, I promise you, because, you know, we worked on this, you know, what are the things that are really worth bringing up? Wisdom is knowing, you know, what to let alone. Wisdom is knowing to let the small things rest. So when it comes time to peace, these are some things that are not going to lead to peace, uh, but instead are going to lead to antagonism. I had to share that with her ahead of the sermon so that she knew while I was preaching, I knew I was preaching to myself. And I'll be taking a pause and hitting the altar, and then we'll go, no, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there. Uh, but, uh, but wisdom sometimes is simply knowing what to overlook. Let's go on to the next word in our verse, gentle. Okay, now, what does this idea mean? Um, It really does have to do with understanding other people's feelings. Now, some of you are like, oh, here we go, feelings stuff. I don't like that. I get that. Feelings can be overplayed. I have a four-year-old grandson who loves to play the feelings card. You know, that makes me feel sad. (laughs) And Pop wants to say, I got something else you're going to feel. But uh, but Pop doesn't say that. He just wants to. But uh, there is... um, (laughs) There, uh, the idea is I understand that even though I might disagree with your, I'm sorry, I might not understand or I might not feel the same way, your feelings are real. How many couples have had this fight? It's hot in this car. You're not hot. I'm, I'm sorry, cold. It's usually cold. It's cold in this car. You're not cold. I'm cold. You can't be cold. It's 80 degrees. Uh, no, I'm really cold. You can't be cold. <laughs> you know, or I have to stop for the restroom. No, you don't. We were, uh, you know, the argument doesn't really make sense. We're fighting about, you know, what things. If we can try to understand where people are coming from, and if we can try to give validity to their feelings, even though we do not understand them, it leads to peace. Okay, let me illustrate this with uh, something friends of ours did one time. We, uh, Francis and I, are dog people, and some of you can connect. Dog people, we all had a dog and everything like that, well, uh, we have friends who now <laughs> say they hated dogs. Why would you bring an animal into your home? <laughs> it's dirty and uh, like that. And whenever they came over, you know, we locked the dog away and, and uh, actually our son too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but we did lock the dog away and uh, the, uh, and you know just to try to protect them from the dog and everything like that, and they did not understand why anybody would ever bring a dog into their house. They just couldn't comprehend that. Well, our dog, um, Sassy, uh, went to that great, Doggy hotel in the sky. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she died. And, um, and they, our friends, I remember it was a Wednesday, the dog died. And, uh, you know, we, we were having a hard time. It was the year my son had gone to college. We were officially empty nesters. Both kids were away at college. And, uh, and then the dog died in September, and we were pretty torn up about it. These friends of ours that didn't understand liking a dog at all, called us up and said, hey, we want to take you out on Saturday. We want to take you up to South Haven and have a good day up there, and, and let's go to Clementine's and enjoy a meal and walk along the beach and some things like that. And we are kind of overwhelmed with the thoughtfulness of a friend who would not understand our feelings, but still gave validity to them and still loved us. And that's the type of thing I'm talking about here. We might not understand, but we, we want to, we, you know, we might not agree, we might not feel the same thing, but uh, You've probably heard the statement, hurt people, hurt people. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, people that are hurt or have a tendency to hurt other people. If I understand that, maybe well, how this person is acting is because they're hurt. Um, somebody else said that uh, unkind people need kindness more than anybody. And, you know, if we can remember that, you know, and kind of look and say, hey, where are people coming from? What, what are they feeling there? Uh, and and go with that. And then we treat them gently. Does that make good sense? Okay, how are we doing so far? Okay, you got anything to put in your toolbox? It's coming. Okay, if you haven't found anything yet, it's coming. Okay, look at this next one. Open to reason. (laughs) Family discussions. Are you open to hearing the other person's view? Not really. You know, but I really think as Christians, we need to reclaim a word, and that word is tolerance. Uh, Tolerance used to mean I disagree with you, but but I'm still going to treat you well. I'm going to tolerate you. I'm going to be nice to you. You know, now it means I have to agree with you. And that's not really what it means. What it means is I can disagree with somebody. I can have a totally different opinion, and yet I can still be kind to somebody. I can still tolerate them. Uh, I can be open to reason. I don't have to finish their sentences. I can actually sit and listen and hear what they're saying and try to process what they're saying and even understand what they're saying. Man, what a great tool to hold on to. I'm going to do something that's a little tough for me. It's going to be tough for a couple of you in the room for a second here. But when I think, when when I read this this week, Um, I thought of the lady we're going to have a service for next Sunday. Because Janet was a great example of this. Uh, She would hold different opinions. (laughs) She's a vegetarian. Uh, uh, You you might be too. I don't mean to offend you. But, uh, you know, different things like that. And she would hold to some strong opinions that were very different. And yet she still loved the people. I love that about her. You know, that she was able to do that. You know, that everybody doesn't have to agree with me. Everybody doesn't have to hold the same opinion. Keep that in mind around the Christmas table. Okay, not everybody has to think just like you. Okay, they might have a different political idea. Sure, they'll be wrong, but they still, uh, but you can still be kind to them. Okay, got it? I think we're I think we're at four out of six. We're making good progress, but this one right here might be, might need a star. When we get into this, I'm sorry, um, I forgot our support verse there, which is, let your reasonableness be known, okay? You're person of reason. You can listen. I'll uh, let that be known. When we get back to our text here, the next one is full of mercy and good fruits, okay? So here is where where I am not going to give somebody what they deserve, but rather I'm going to treat them well. I'm going to treat them good. I'm going to uh, exercise good fruits here. I'm going to behave myself right. Um, Some of you might know that in the, uh, uh, not the night before Christmas, the uh, Grinch, the uh, Grinch, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, uh, when Santa is going through the house and little Susie who wakes up, she says, Santa, what is Christmas all about? Anybody know what he says? vengeance <laughs> and then he says no i mean uh, something else presence i think he changes it to which is pretty deep too uh but uh but the that idea of vengeance is the exact opposite of this in fact i looked up antonyms of mercy uh you know what is the exact opposite and the first one that came up is vengeance i have to get even okay, I, I have to somehow uh, settle the score, I have to get the wor- uh, the last word in, you know, this is where too, I think we need to take the advice of, uh, was a, oh, I lost her name, the singer uh, Frozen, Princess Elsa, thank you, uh, what did she say, uh, sorry, I blanked on that, uh, Elsa, let it go, okay, now, she wasn't singing it in that sense, I think she was letting her weird powers go, but uh, but sometimes it is very simply just saying, I'm going to let this go, okay, now this is easy for me to say, and I, and I mean that very sincerely. I mean I could tell you, hey, when it comes to people doing wrong, we need to not rub it in. We need to rub it out. You know, just forget about it. We need to erase it. We need to get rid of it. I can say that very easily uh, as I try to process through these different things this week in my life. Like I said, I knew I knew I was in for a beating on that uh, on that. Uh, uh, contradicting thing. Uh, not also, not always. I think great on the comparison thing either. Those were the two that really stood out to me. But when I got to this one, I th- I wanted to ask myself, okay, where in my life have I been really seriously wronged by somebody? Okay, somebody was incredibly cruel. Somebody was abusive. Somebody was. I mean, they just really did me dirt. And I say this, I I couldn't come up with anything. Okay? You say, wow, you're fortunate. I realize I'm in a minority there. And I wanted to tell you that. It is easy for me to say, hey, we need to let it go. It is easy for me to say, hey, give this to God. Vengeance is mine. God says He'll repay. We need to trust Him with that. This is easy for me today. I I, I want you to know that as I say this, I realize that for some of you, there has been an incredible wrong done. I'll say it. I mean, you and, and yet my message is still the same. I want to encourage you to respond with mercy. And again, easy easy for Dan to say. Okay, who, who has Dan really been wrong by? Okay, it's easy for him to say, act in mercy. But I believe that because it will greatly help you responding in mercy, I don't need to get even. I don't need to settle the score. I don't need to get the last word in. I don't need to win this thing. I can let it go this business and this fighting is going to stop right here now let me give you a a very offensive statement that i heard somebody else say this week when he first said it, it really ticked me off uh because i thought that's not always true but he said uh he said in in conflicts between people he said please remember this you're always half the problem now i don't know that i completely agree i don't know that we're always half the problem but I do understand what he was saying in that we're always part of the problem because how we respond impacts where it is now, okay? And the scripture tells us that we are to respond full of mercy. Yeah, I don't. You get that idea. By the way, uh, you know the scripture tells us about Christ's forgiveness. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. How, as Christ forgave you, that is also the why. Why can I forgive? Because Christ forgave me. Why can I show mercy? Because nobody shows more mercy than God. Okay, and I want to. I want to respond like that. And please. I, I'm I'm sorry. I feel a little guilty saying that because I know I can look around the room and I know some of you have suffered at the hands of somebody who's done something terrible. I, I know that. I know you have that in your past. And I'm not ah, it's no big deal. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, if we can do this right here, as far as forgive them as Christ forgave us, as far as showing mercy like the one who is ultimately merciful God. I think it goes a long way towards, yes, healing us, but then also towards just healing the relationship and offering peace. I can't guarantee it'll work out perfectly, but I can guarantee that it will help you where we can do that. Hopefully that's, that's making some decent sense. And like I said, I struggle with even preaching that. Let's go to the last one here. Impartial and sincere. When I dug into these two words, I looked up the little Greek words, and and I would, you know, I don't, I don't like to give the, a lot of the Greek pronunciations and stuff because I don't want you to think I'm showing off, you know, with my intelligence. Either that or I don't want to look bad. One of those two is true. Uh, but uh, as I studied through these two words, they they actually, some of you have heard this before. Back in the Greek language, the Greek theater uh, they had a word for the people that were the actors. In the Greek theater, uh, they, one, one person would play a bunch of parts and he would put on a mask. You know what I'm talking about? That mask that you see, they put it on the cover of plays you go to now, you know, on a stick, and now I'm this character, and now I'm this character, and now I'm wearing this mask, and uh, you know, what I like that, and I'm somebody different. Well, the word hypocrite is rooted in that word for actor there, because you're pretending to be something you're not. Okay, when I looked at these two words, impartial and sincere, actually the same root is in there, but then with an opposite. This is the opposite of that. You're not acting. Okay, you're not putting on a show. You're not pretending to be anything. You're the real deal. And again, we started with a foundational principle to having peaceful relationships, uh, that idea of truth. And we kind of bring it back around to this here with the idea of just being really what you claim to be, just being sincere, being real. Um I I would like you to, you know, just imagine with me for a second. I know it's a little warm in here now. Uh so you can imagine what it's gonna be like to walk outside. <sighs> fresh air. Uh it's gonna feel so good. I, I, I've gotten so totally wimpy. When I walk now, if it's windy and cold, I always wear a you know, gator pulled up over my face because I don't like it to be cold. Uh and the mornings when I can walk and pull that gator down and bring fresh air, it's like, yes. Yes, this is so much better. You know, I I just like the fresh air. I want you, to to think back over the last couple years, you know, everybody has their uh, mask hanging off their uh, rearview mirror. Uh, And, uh, you know, putting that on when you go in. I want you to think, okay, is there a sense in which, into my relationships, maybe it's into church, but I got a mask that I put on. Okay? It is, uh, you know, it is just to, to hide who I really am, bottom line. And if you think about that, if I am hiding from everybody who I really am, then I don't really receive love from anybody because they don't even really know who I am. And I know you can be, you know, too much information. You don't want to walk through the doors and spill all your garbage everywhere and everything like that. But I do want to say we need to have a, a place and we need to have people in our lives where we're safe to be who we are. We talked a few weeks ago about the idea of the father who knows us, the heavenly father. When we're talking about the father, he knows us better than anybody and yet he loves us and how much we need that. We need to be known, and we need to have be real. I uh, was attracted to a podcast this week. It was entitled Celebrity Preachers, okay? And I thought, this is safe for me. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity preacher, so they're going to make fun of them, and I don't have to feel guilty about anything. The stinkers, uh, in the very first line, these two women are talking, and they said, a celebrity preacher preacher can be at any size church. I was like, no they can't. Uh, you got to be at a mega church to be a a celebrity preacher. But uh, they, they were going through and they were talking about how a celebrity preacher is somebody that gets lifted up to a status that is not right. In other words, it's like they're above sin. That was the first thing they said. They said a few other things there. But in other words, you kind of look at this person like, you know, okay, they're bigger, they're better than, uh, you know, everybody like that. And, and then they went on, and they were sympathetic for a while to celebrity preachers because they were saying that the, when the preachers are kind of told this, you know, almost like they're, you know, they are bigger than life, you know, then they, almo- then they have to keep up that image. You know, and pretty soon, you know, the reality, you know, who is this guy? You know, he has to keep up this image all the time. This is the way he acts in public. I mean, I admit, you know, when I, I get up here and there's adrenaline gets going and, you know, I'm not spastic like this all the time. Well, okay, I'm spastic, but a lot of people are not. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I and I admit it kind of takes over there that adrenaline, you know, and, and coming and stuff like that with well, this pastor, you know, he's putting on a show and he used to doing that. And pretty soon he doesn't really know who he is. And, you know, and, and you find out there's secret things in his life. Well, yeah, he's been hiding them forever. And it gets easier and easier and stuff like that this idea of being sincere and being the real deal is something that we all need to you know strive for and sometimes if you will take look again and say I'm going to take off this mask I'm going to get rid of this there's nothing that will destroy my influence with other people uh, faster than insincerity faster than a lack of authenticity so if I can get you again Just to kind of review here for a second, we want to, uh, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting to switch my slides. Shed the masks. Okay, let's go back to this. uh, But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, okay? And my relationships, the most important thing I have is truth. I have truth. I have, uh, if I'm going to have trust, I'm going to have truth. Peaceable, okay? Remember, that's the idea. I'm not antagonizing, okay? And and maybe, you know, that's kind of a light one that you could take and say, hey, that's what, I'm going to work on that. I'm not going to antagonize. I'm not going to keep poking. Uh, Gentle. Uh, Again, that is the idea of uh, understanding other people's feelings, even though you don't feel the same thing. Open to reason. I can listen. I can let them finish their thought. I can hear what they say. I can even let them talk when they disagree with me. I'm full of mercy. Oh, man, how crucial that is mercy and good fruits. I'm going to treat them better than what they deserve. I might have every right. In fact, I do have every right to get even. I have every right to act the way I'm acting, but I'm not going to act that way. I'm going to show them mercy because my Savior has shown me mercy. Uh, and then impartial and sincere, which means I can't live with that mask anymore. i gotta, I got to shed that here. If I've got a mask I put on to come to church and try to hide from everybody, then this place is not going to help you much because it will never know you. Okay, and again, I, I know I know there's a line. I know you don't walk in and just spill everything to everybody and, and stuff like that. But I think it is so important that that we realize that I I'm not. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. Sometimes, hey, pastor, we appreciate your transparency. I, I want to tell you, every time I hear that, I think, well, <laughs> I don't think I'm totally transparent. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it, there's, there's. In fact, I know I'm not. Okay, I mean, I know this this is something we all battle with, that idea of hiding things. But I will tell you this, what I have found is when I've taken that mask off, and again, I have to be careful because I don't want to hurt everybody else in what I'm doing, but when I do that and I find that fresh air, and what I have found even in the family of God, oh, by the way, yeah, let, let, let me say this for a second. When we talk about hurts and everything like that, sometimes we look and say, well, that should never happen in church. I can almost promise you that not only has 90% of the people in here been hurt by somebody at church, but but uh, probably another high percentage have been hurt by somebody who has my job. Seriously, I mean, honestly, we're human, and uh, and. I don't mean that as a cop-out, but just to be honest with you, you know, sometimes we're going to we're gonna mess up, and we're going to do wrong, yeah? I've got to be honest about it. You know, these tools of wisdom are so crucial, you know, the forgiveness and the mercy and, and everything li- like that. So, I don't know, I got off the subject for just a second here. I want to come back to this uh, this idea. We're going to, um, the team's going to come back up, and we're going to sing the stand again, just because I feel like going, I feel like raising my hands again and going, I stand with hearts. Wait, hands raised and hearts abandoned. Is that how it goes? Okay, I'll get it. When the words are up there on the screen, I'll get it. But, uh, but we're going to do this. So guys, if you want to make your way up here, that'd be great. Uh, thank you. But as they do, I want to uh, encourage you that in this last, as, as we close, as we get ready to close, you think, oh, I'm going to get my five-in-one. It's my favorite all-time tool. Uh, painter's tool that does it all, uh, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you to say, Lord, what what uh, tool did you want me to pick up today? Okay, what do you want me to leave with, God? I I, I want to take something. I want to take it. You know, maybe it is maybe it is mercy. Maybe it is being peaceable. Maybe it is being gentle whatever that that is maybe it's just uh, sincerity Uh, god i want to move in that direction i want to i want to ask you to help me pick that tool up today and i want to take that with me into my relationships you know start with the relationships at home and and take it with me oh by the way sometimes it is amazing how you get one thing like this one principle wisdom and it can revolutionize your life it really is. I mean, sometimes if you'll just say, "Hey, yeah, I'm going to take this and I'm not going to respond in anger or I'm not going to answer with a, you know, it takes two people to fight. I'm not going to fight back. A soft answer turns away wrath. The Bible says, So I'm going to take that. Sometimes if you just take, these principles are so powerful. You don't need all six a lot of times. If you take one, it's, it's great. So what is the principle that God would have you pick up today? Come on, think through that relationship. Where do you need one of these tools in your life? more importantly i want again make sure that if you put every tool i want you to know if you put every tool in your box you say i'm doing all that i'm going to keep it perfectly first of all you're not going to make it but i don't mean to be discouraging uh, but uh, if i say uh, but if you say i'm going to do it all i'm going to keep every rule and uh, i'm going to i'm going to follow this completely and then i'll have peace with god i need to take you back to a minute um if you're wondering if you can be good enough for God, I gotta tell you something. You can't. But God sent his son, who is not only good enough, he was good enough uh, and loving enough to lay down his life and pay for our sins so that we can be good enough. So don't think, okay, I got a list of things to do. I'm gonna be a good, better person. If it doesn't, if our life in Jesus does not begin with us saying, God, I need a savior. I'm a sinner, I need a savior then we're, we're going down the wrong road. We're trying to get peace with God through religion. And peace with God comes through Jesus Christ. Make good sense? We're going to try to do this on a regular basis as we sing at the end. These little steps here are, you can make them an altar in your life. You can make your chair an altar if you want to kneel and pray. Or if you just want to stand and pray where you are, that's fine. Also, if there's ever a time you're like, man, I really want somebody to pray with me or talk to me. I'm going to, I used to stand and and join you i in praising. I'm going to stand and keep facing you so that I can kind of keep my eyes open. And if while everybody else is standing, you want to talk to somebody more about that peace with God, uh, I would love to introduce you to somebody who could share that with you. So, uh, or maybe even I'll have a chance myself at the end of the service, but we'll have a little bit more of a, of an invitation time calling for us to respond to what God has showed us here in his word today. So let's stand and sing. Know that the altar is open. If God would have you come, Lord, help us to abandon our, our hearts, our selfishness, and uh, look at how we can have peace in other relationships. And uh, pursue that well, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website Edwardsburg. You may also contact the church via email info at Edwardsburg. Or call us at two six nine six six three twenty six forty eight. Thank you for listening.